Support comes from the Missouri Forest Products Association, providing more than 41,000 jobs in the production of wood pallets, railroad ties, white oak barrels, hardwood floors, and more. Details at ChooseWood.com. From St. Louis Public Radio. This is St. Louis on the Air. Jennifer, um, you, you make some good points there, and yet the part of me that used to manage a group of people, I'm thinking, do I really want my employees being focused on their fitness and their family when I want them to be working eight hours a day and be really intense about it? And I have a feeling I've just said something I'm not supposed to say here. This isn't how we're supposed to feel. But I I don't know. I find myself reacting like, are they working on their fitness during office hours? Is that something that people like me need to let go of? But what, what do you think, Jennifer? I think it's a very small-minded attitude to have. Um, if you if you have employees that you can't trust to get the work done, then that's a bigger problem. Jennifer, I really appreciate that you kept using the word trust because I think that's really the key thing that too many uh, managers don't have a trust of their workers. That's why they've been so resistant in the first place to telework. I'm Sarah Fenske. If your employer is gearing up for a return to the office, you're not alone. Across the country, companies are beginning to reopen offices, and workers are again contemplating the cube life. But not all workers are sure they want to return to the status quo. St. Louis resident Bria Jones works at the Brown School at Washington University. She's one of many locals who's seen the advantages in work-from-home life. I started working um, remotely soon after the pandemic in March, and I'm now expected to go back into the office starting in July. I currently love working from home. Um, It saved me a lot of time, and my commute was also great because I did not have to get up in the morning, (laughs) so I got some extra sleep. But I'm going to start going back into the office um, two to three days, a week in July. Now, ready or not, that day is coming for Bria Jones and for a whole lot of other workers around the metro area. And joining us today to discuss this issue is David Kaplan. He's a professor of management and the chair of the Department of Management at St. Louis University. David, welcome. Hi, thanks for having me today. David, so so many people worked in offices for decades and yeah. never really gave it a second thought. Why does feel it why does going back feel so hard for so many people? You know, it's been over a year. I mean, I've. It's. I think that's really the part of it. It's been long enough now that people, yeah, just got into the habit. So, I mean, I guess there's a few different uh, factors that result in this. I think it's also important to preface all this saying we're talking about a segment of the work population, right? There's a lot of people who never had the luxury or the ability. Um, you know, there's so many essential workers that. I, you know, I, I feel I should just thank all these central workers yeah. um, who have been doing all their time. Uh, but you know, people like myself, I'm a I'm a college professor. Um, I have a lot of um, friends and family and um, neighbors who are who work in offices, and those are the people we're talking about today. You know, some of it is, you know, just like the uh, this, the woman you just had talking, right? You save a lot of time and money, right? Mm-hmm. I mean, even for myself, it's like I was coming in. I'm like, oh, is there going to be bridge traffic? I didn't have to worry about bridge traffic for over a year. Uh, part of that is just the convenience. I mean, some people feel they could get a lot more done, you, you know, and I can control my hours, and I, you know, I don't have someone looking over my shoulder. 
but then there's also sort of the comfort, right? So, uh, you know, do you shake hands? You, you, you know, uh, do you, you know, what's it like going to be in meetings again? You, you know, just sort of that sort of interactions, um, you know, you're going to be close, like, you know, is it safe to come into the office, right? So there's mm-hmm. going to be a lot of people. That's another reason why. Is it going to be safe? Uh, are people vaccinated? And if they're not vaccinated, you know, what are those issues? And sort of that leads into the next issue. Uh, I personally have a six-year-old son. He can't be vaccinated. So um, is he going to be protected? Like, Or if you have someone else at home that you're caring for. And at the flip side or extension of that, do you have someone to watch the person who you've been caring for? Um, there's a lot of schools that haven't necessarily reopened. Uh, Child care isn't easy. So I might be fine with coming in, but do I have that ability? Like, who's going to watch my son? There are so many issues around yeah. this. Like, as you as you sort of lay this out, it feels like something that we think of as one question. There's actually like eight questions exactly. that are a part of this year. You know, I saw this survey. This is a recent survey of 1,000 U.S. adults. It suggested 39% would consider quitting if their, employ- if their employer was not flexible about remote work. Yeah. That seems like a pretty high statistic right there. I, well, I think it is. And I was just actually, um, you know, reading another statistic. Um, I'll, I'll credit Sherm for this. Uh, the, they were publishing a survey or talking about it where people would give up um, a quite sizable raise. I think I might actually said $30,000 in order to work at home. $30,000? Yeah. That's a I, lot of money. I, I'm not sure I agree with that. I mean, you know, um, but heck, yeah, I mean, there is definitely a large monetary value to work from home. But also, a lot of people moved away. So I know some. a lot of people moved out of big cities like New York and, you know, hey, I can save a lot of money and also not be someplace that is in complete lockdown. Well, do you want me to come back to work? Like, am I moving back to New York? I mean, I sort of liked living wherever I was living remotely. And so, yeah, so some people, even if they wanted to, that would be yet again another reason. I can't physically come back to work. It is interesting. I, I'm not going to name names here, but I know at least two people who left the area that they were living mm-hmm. in. They didn't tell their boss, and they've been living cross-country. They've become very happy with their life. Yeah. They're waiting for the return to come back to the office as the moment of, I might have to quit this job. Yeah, and Exactly. And I think you're seeing that, too, that you see people that when they're being forced to come back, um, you know, maybe it's because they moved, maybe because it's comfort level that, you know, or maybe they've had a side gig, right? So that, you know, I've been working on this on the time. I really like how much time, what, why do I have to give this up or this has been going well? Yeah, now this, now's the um, crunch point. You know, I'll stop doing uh, my main my day job. And so, yeah, I think there's all these factors that employers need to be aware about. So we got a voicemail from Catherine, who lives in University City, um, and she told us about her situation. Here's what she said. I got hired for a new job about a year ago, right in the midst of the pandemic. So there's no like returning to office for me. Um, I'm really kind of nervous about it. I'm going to the office like, you know, full time starting, I think, July 1st. And one of my pandemic hobbies is baking sourdough bread. And long story short, I'm kind of going to be sad because I can't wake up at, you know, yeah, 7 a.m. and start making some bread and, you know, do like my folds as necessary. So um, that's that. I'm kind of nervous about it. I don't really know any of my coworkers or like, you know, what the office dynamic is. Um, and I'm going to miss baking bread. 
And that is Catherine from University City. We want to hear from you. We're curious to hear about your situation and how you feel about it. Is your employer summoning workers back to the office? Maybe you've been working at home this whole time. You can't wait to go back. Um, either way, how about you give us a call? We're at 314-382-8255. That's 382-TALK. You can also send us a tweet at STL on air, or you can email us at talk at stlpr.org. David, hearing from Catherine first, my heart goes out to anybody who is going into the office for the very first time. That is such an anxiety-inducing situation on your first day in an office. It seems like it'd be even weirder after you've been working with everybody for a year. Well, exactly. That's what I was going to say. I mean, these are your colleagues, but they're not your colleagues, so it's how to do it. Um, Although I would probably just say somewhat comically, but also honestly, bring a couple of loaves of bread. It's one really great, (laughs) that would be really one great way to um, get people to start liking you. Uh, But yeah, it's it's hard. I mean, I don't know. Um, you know, it's got, we actually also had in my department. So again, I'm a department chair, so I'm a manager as well as someone who studies management. You know, she not only came to um, started this year, but she moved to St. Louis, right? So um, you know, we did our best um, to do it. We made sure that you know tried to do some some chats and stuff, but it's it's hard. And um, you know. Yeah, you're a stranger, but not a stranger. But, you know, I think everyone is aware of that. I think everyone is, you know, should be making the extra effort. So um, I wish her luck. But, yeah, you know, just treat it sort of like your your first day. Um, you know, hopefully um, go out to lunch with somebody. You know, make sure that you have some coffee time. Uh, but also try to do that ahead of time. I mean, there's, if you've been working there for a year, you've obviously been working – with someone closer than other people. And I would really recommend, you know, either having um, a Zoom uh, a Zoom coffee hour uh, or grab lunch or meet them at a park sometime before just so that mm-hmm. at least you have some human interaction before you actually show up in the office. That's a good idea to have that face-to-face, even if it's yeah. just with one person yeah. Yeah. off-site. <laughs> this way you're not coming in completely cold. Yeah. I'm going to go to the phone lines. Uh, Jennifer is calling from Creve Coeur. Uh, Jennifer, hi. You're on St. Louis on the Air. Hi. Good afternoon. Yeah. yeah uh, thank you for joining us. I'm curious to hear about your situation. Well, I'm an HR manager who is actually responsible for the return to work site um, effort in my organization. And I'm very fortunate to have the luxury of having been able to work from home for the last you know, 15 months. Um, And I just wanted to say I really encourage employers, you know, to ask themselves the question, you know, why do we need people to come back? In some cases we do, but but it's not necessary. You know, if one thing the pandemic has taught us is that, you know, people can be trusted to do their jobs. Um, They can be trusted to do them outside of the confines of a traditional office. And from a talent, you know, pool perspective, we have an ability to not only retain the great talent we have, but also to attract new talent and better talent in, in some cases even more geographically than we did before because my organization is a mixture of in-office, completely virtual, and hybrid. Hmm. And giving employees the chance to decide which ones they want to be based on you know, what's possible in their role is so important. And and Jennifer, are you finding that people, as you guys gear up for this return, that there are some people who are excited to come back? Not as many as people (laughs) think. Um, And and I think that's, you know, because this has been, you know, not only one of the most stressful times in our lives, but it's also been a time where people have, you know, changed their patterns and their habits so that instead of work being the focus of their life, you know, they've, they've, 
they've now developed better, you know, in some cases, family routines, health and fitness routines, and, you know, better for the environment, for everybody not to be driving and sitting in traffic, which seems like a really ridiculous notion now. Jennifer, you you make some good points there. And yet the part of me that used to manage a group of people, I'm thinking, do I really want my employees being focused on their fitness and their family when I want them to be working eight hours a day and be really intense about it? And I have a feeling I've just said something I'm not supposed to say here. This isn't how we're supposed to feel. But I, I don't know. I find myself reacting like, are they working on their fitness during office hours? Is that something that people like me need to let go of? But what, what do you think, Jennifer? I think it's a very small-minded attitude to have. Um, if you if you have employers that, if you excuse me, if you have employees that you can't trust to get the work done, then that's a bigger problem. It's not that their fitness or their families are getting in their way. And by the way, if if they are not taking care of their family and their own health, they can't be great employees anyway. So. You know, this is a time for us to think about employees, not just as workers, but these are human beings. And you've been able to manage pretty good work out of them for a long time without having them in the office. And so for me, you know, leaders who really put their foot down and say, oh, it has to be this way, they don't have any credibility anymore in that argument. Well, Jennifer, I, I feel very called out right now, but appropriately so. I appreciate you setting me straight there. You, uh, that perspective, I, I think, is really good. David, thoughts on that? Yeah, so Jennifer, I really appreciate that you kept using the word trust because I think that's really the key thing that too many uh, managers don't haven't trusted their workers. That's why they've been so resistant in the first place to telework. Um, but also, they put, again, what you're talking about, work-life balance is so important, and then flex work. But again, if you sort of think about your commute time as part of your day, right, so I would leave home at 8 o'clock, I wouldn't get home at 6 o'clock, and I had a lunch hour, or, or lunch half hour, and I had break time, right? So I work at, I start working at 8 o'clock in the morning, and then I decide to do my workout at 11 o'clock in the morning instead of at 6 o'clock in the morning. I'm still giving you my, my eight hours. Um, and also... Jennifer, I don't know whether you've had this at, at your work. Right? There's a lot of meetings that could never happen or won't happen now um, in person because I had meetings that ended at 11 and meetings that started at 11. Like, it takes me 20 seconds to um, change from one Zoom to another Zoom. Uh, you know, it's going to take me time, even if it's leaving one meeting going to another, even if it's just saying hello, goodbye yeah. uh, to people. So there's a lot of things that in, in some ways that we can do a lot more when we're working remotely as long as we're able to manage our time. Jennifer, do you feel that overall your remote employees are just as efficient, just as effective as the people who've been uh, laboring at the office? No, I think they're more effective and more efficient. And I know for a fact that they're, they're oftentimes working more hours. And it may be that they're trading. You know, if they were commuting for an hour and a half a day, they might be just giving the team another 45 minutes of their commute time back in extra work and then using that other 45 minutes of commute time on taking a walk or, you know, having the time to focus on their face or, you know, making better, more nutritious meals or, you know, helping their kids with their homework. So I do think that if you're talking about managers who are, you know, feeling like they need to have people back in the office, 
I think that's a real wake-up call for people who are just really bad managers. Well, Jennifer, thank you for that perspective. That is a strong perspective there. And if you're listening to this conversation, whether you agree with Jennifer or disagree with her, our phone lines are open. We are at 314-382-8255. That's 382-TALK. You can also send us a tweet at STL on air. We do need to take a quick break, but we'll be back shortly to continue this conversation. This is St. Louis on the Air on St. Louis Public Radio. Support comes from the Missouri Forest Products Association, providing more than 41,000 jobs in the production of wood pallets, railroad ties, white oak barrels, hardwood floors, and more. Details at ChooseWood.com. And now back to our conversation. Our guest today is David Kaplan. He's a professor of management and the chair of the Department of Management at St. Louis University. And we're talking about how many employers are moving back to asking workers to do their jobs in person. And as David was was very smart to stipulate early on, we're talking about a very small group of workers. A lot of people were in person throughout this pandemic. They kept this country going. But many people have been lucky enough to work from home. That's changing for many of them. Now, I do want to read an email that we got from a listener. This is someone who didn't give their name. But they write, uh, they're referencing a voicemail that we played early on in the show from a a young woman who works at Washington University and wasn't excited about going back. This emailer writes, in thinking about the Wash U employee who didn't want to come back to campus, it seems a little tone deaf to not want to come back to work when a select few of us have been back for almost a year. Students have been back on campus for a while, and the few of us on campus facilitating student research could use help in person to fulfill the day-to-day duties of health helping students. We're spread thin providing in-person academic and social support for students. The university thrives on in-person interaction and that is an unspoken function of being a university employee. If you've got a perspective on on these questions we're talking about today, we'd love to hear from you too. Our phone lines are open at 314-382-8255. That's 382-TALK. David, thoughts on that email? They, They do make a good point. Particularly as as a college professor, I know how important it is to have people on campus. But you also see that in most employment situations where you have some people who have been able to stay at home and others who have been there and been required to be there. And that's hard. And those people need to be appreciated. And those people need to be um, spelled, right? They need assistance. But I think it also shows uh, – we talk about this a lot or see this a lot in, uh, in human resources – that there's sometimes – two standards in organizations, right? So you have one type of employee who has to be there, and then you have another type of employee, particularly upper level or um, a more skilled position that has a lot of flexibility. And the people uh, who have had that flexibility tend to take that for granted. And that sort of like staff and professional is a is a challenge that organizations already have. But I think the pandemic sort of has made that worse. And so uh, one of the things if you haven't thanked your in-office colleagues, you really need to make sure that you do that. And if you're a manager and you could do your job from home, mm-hmm. but there are lots of people who are having to go in and, and do their job in person, yeah. is this something where maybe out of solidarity you ought to go back? I got to be honest. I really thought about that um, for myself when SLU gave us the options to go remote or um, stay at home. And I was like, 
we had to offer a certain number of classes in person. I'm like, I don't want to be there, but, you know, uh, how do I stay home when I'm asking some other person to, you know, again, this was early days of the pandemic and maybe, you know, um, maybe a little dramatic to say, you know, was I asking someone to put their life on the line Mm -hmm. and I was going to stay safe at home? And, um, yeah, I I think, you know, you as a manager, I think managers and leaders, you know, showing solidarity, being there is part of it. Walk you need to be there for your employees. And I think this is, I don't think things fundamentally changed with the pandemic in terms of management for a lot of these things. It just made them a lot more salient. Mm -hmm. Let's go back to the phone line. Shelly is calling from Clayton. Um, Shelly, hi, you're on St. Louis on the air. Hi, thank you so much. I am an IT manager. And while I sympathize with everyone working from home, I cannot wait for everyone to get back in the office. There have been a lot of unique challenges of people using their home Wi-Fi and personal machines. Oh, that's interesting. Mm-hmm. So that has added some complications just from the network perspective, Shelley. Correct. <laughs> that, so are people willing to come back? I mean, is your company finding that this is being greeted with understanding? Not so much. (laughs) (laughs) Your co-workers would rather keep doing their jobs from home. Most of them. I think we're all in the same boat here. and We've got to navigate new ways moving forward. But a lot of people have enjoyed working from home. Well, Shelley, thank you for sharing that perspective. And (laughs) and David, as as you and I were just chatting briefly over the break, there are some things that are easier to do when you're there together in person. I I understand the previous caller who was like, it's important to be flexible. But sometimes that flexibility means people do have to come in. Exactly. People need to come in. You need to come in. Um, to, to build this teams, um, I, again, you can build teams remotely. I think it's easier, uh, you know, for the caller who, uh, sorry, uh, who was working for a year but hasn't been in. I mean, it's harder to really become a member of the team. Mm-hmm. Uh, but there's also, and I think it's particularly hard for new employees, you know, when you're working in an office just to pop your head into uh, someone's room, it's like, hey, can you help me out with this? And these, those are nice to learn the job. A lot of that on-the-job training, it's much harder to do on-the-job training when you are not co-located with the other person and it becomes a much bigger deal. So now if I have to schedule an appointment or I have to send an email admitting that I don't know something, mm-hmm. right, um, I can't sort of look over your shoulder. I mean, thank God you can um, share screens on Zoom, but it's not nearly the same. No. Um, and, you know, so there's a lot of that. So, you know, certainly once you're up and running, I think working remotely is great. Uh, but you know, for those people who haven't been, um, being able to be there in person really makes life a lot easier. Let's go back to the phone lines. Mark is calling from Crevecore. Mark, hi, you're on St. Louis on the air. Thanks for taking my call, Sarah. Uh, wonderful show. I just was uh, commenting, uh, I have started going back to the office. I'm a paralegal. I work for a solo practitioner, and he works out of his house. So it's a bit chaotic at times. I know, however, that I am motivated to do that because when I look at my production level, I am less productive working from the condo uh, (laughs) on my own working remotely. There is still some accountability, but I I think that for me, uh, we are less productive on a very macro level as a society when everybody or a large chunk of us work remotely. The spontaneous interaction and the synergy of people having, you know, 
conversations passing each other in the office, which is uh, one of the ways that creativity continues to flow. Mark, I think that's a that's a really great point there. And personally, I'm like Mark. I feel a lot more productive if I'm getting up in the morning, mm-hmm. I am showering, I am going to a desk, and I am stuck there all day having to get stuff done. Maybe different types of people work better different ways, but there's a group of us where we need that, that focused environment. Totally. I mean, people are all different. And I think one of the things that we need to remember is that one size does not fit all. And this idea that we have to trade off between being fully remote or fully fully online uh, or fully in-person is, is a false trade-off. I mean, I think some in-person and some at home, I think, will learn to strike the balance. And I think that's something for all managers need to realize. It's going to take a while to learn. You know, I mean, if I, I cooked, we had the women who do the sourdough bread. It takes a while to learn how to make a good loaf of bread or to make a good soup. You know, you have you have to give yourself time. So both managers and employees need to give each other time as they learn that um, that dance. But yeah, certainly like you, it's like the caller. Some of you will always be more productive in the workplace. And we need to and should support those people just as much as those who want to stay remote completely. And Mark, we wish you uh, the best of luck in that return as that's going on. Yeah. We also got a voicemail from Dr. Jessie Gold. She's a psychiatrist at Washington University. She's been a frequent guest on this show. And she shared some thoughts uh, for people who are navigating the return to in-person offices. You know, when I think about how people are going to back to work right now, I can totally understand why people are anxious and why people might feel like it isn't as easy as people are saying. I think we forget that work and going back to work isn't like pressing play on a remote control and everything goes back to the way it was and work looks different. We feel different and there are a lot of things we haven't talked about out loud like what the year has been like for us or what work looks like for us. And I think one of the most important things to do is be nice to ourselves about it. If it's harder than it, maybe we thought it was going to be, it's okay. If it's easy, that's also fine. If work feels a little different to us than it did before, or maybe there's things about remote work that we actually did like, see if we can incorporate that into our days, like moving forward somehow. Um, Try to be nice to ourselves, flexible if we can, and realize that it might not be as easy as we thought it would be, but it's nice that we're being able to start moving forward and having hope in it being more of a positive experience. So I think baby steps are also nice and not having to, you know, go full force into fear factor mode, like that old show where they just kind of dunked you into a, you know, tank of spiders instead of exposing you to one spider at a time. So if you're a little bit nervous about things, also can take it easy to go back to work or to go back to socializing, and that's okay. And that, again, is Dr. Jessie Gold, a psychiatrist at Washington University. She always has such a great way of of saying things one spider at a time. (laughs) (laughs) So she had some advice there for people who are kind of anxious about going back. Uh, David, what would be your advice for managers who do want people to start coming into the office more, but they don't want 36% of their employees to quit? They don't want to shock the system with the the barrel of spiders. So, again, baby steps, you know, or baby pull, you, you know. You don't have to throw, jump into the deep end, you know, walk in through the shallow end, uh, you know, maybe have people come back one or two days a week, you know, sort slowly ramp it up. A lot of employers are offering incentives um, or making things um, more pleasant in the workplace, right? So just appreciate your workers. I mean, you know, some of this is just good management, right? So make sure your workers um, feel appreciated. But, you know, 
maybe institute an attendance bonus, maybe have a, um, you know, listen, we have vaccine lotteries, maybe have a lottery for people who are showing up to work. Or, you know, uh, I suggested the one woman bring her in her sourdough bread. Well, you know, you're the manager, bring in a box of donuts or bring in um, a, a carton of grapes um, in case you want to be healthier, right? Um, there are ways. It's, it's berry season, right? So bring in some berries. But yeah, I mean, there's lots of little things. Show that you're, make sure that your workers know they're appreciated. And uh, and to know, and also just as uh make sure that people know that it's okay for them to still feel uncomfortable. Don't expect mm-hmm. people to be as they were pre-pandemic. And, you know, just give every, I think, giving everyone a little time to get back to normal is, is important. That's some great advice there. We did have a poll we put out to our listeners on our uh, Twitter. Uh, that's at STL on air. We asked, how should employers handle the transition back to offices reopening after all these months of remote work? Um, the leading answer, 67%, was be both flexible and fair. Yeah. Um, only 6% said incentivize being on site, but maybe that's because that you can't choose more than one. Four yeah. percent um, said return to former policies. People do not want to see that. Twenty-one percent said give up on the idea of office. There is a vocal work-from-home yeah. contingency here. Um, I want to play one more voicemail we got. This is from Micah, who lives in St. Louis. He's a writer, and he explained that his company decided to have its staffers work remotely even before the pandemic. That was fine. And then the pandemic sent the rest of his family home, too. <laughs> And so my place of solitude uh, became a place of pandemonium, and I found I couldn't even put my noise-canceling headphones on to uh, drown it out because I was supposed to keep an ear out and uh, for the kiddos and uh, make sure they were okay. So it was a, a tough place and time to be a writer um, with all that noise going on, <laughs> but uh, that was my experience. And so for Micah, this has been a hard time for different reasons than what we've talked about today. And I I guess I find myself wondering, for everybody who is sad to return Mm -hmm. to the office, is there maybe somebody at home who's really happy to see them go? (laughs) David, do you think there's a flip side to this? Hey, I'm a parent of a six-year-old. And let me tell you, the time between Thanksgiving and Martin Luther King Day when he was home for remote learning, um, it was nerve-wracking to have him in school the whole time. But you know, when he was home for those eight weeks, I I couldn't get work done, right? Um, I sh- probably shouldn't say that. My employer might be listening. Um, <laughs> but, you know, it was, it was, it, 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 it was a challenge. And thank yeah. God I have uh, a spouse who was able to be the primary caregiver and give me a lot of space. But I knew most people's reality is that you have two parents who have full-time jobs and you just can't do it. So. Yeah. So some some of the things about going back to normal may be good things. Yeah. We also heard uh, on Twitter from Halligator005 who writes, I say keep the folks at home who want to stay home. Keeps my facility and parking lot more open. Keeps traffic down. Keeps restaurants less crowded. I'm agoraphobic, so the less people, the better. <laughs> so there's a, another perspective there. One last stat I wanted to throw at you, David, in our final minute here. Um, according to Bloomberg, only about 28% of U.S. office workers are back in their buildings at this point. Mm -hmm. Do you think that summer is going to begin to flip those percentages? Yeah, I think the numbers are going to increase. They're just just going to have to, you know, will we get to the flip of that where, you know, we have 72% of workers in there? Probably. But, you know, will I expect those people to be there five days a week? I doubt that. Mm -hmm. I I mean, I think partially because it's summer, but I think going in the future, I think 
the number of people who are going to have at least one or two days at home is, I think, just the reality. Hmm. The status quo has yeah, shifted. Yeah. Well, it's been so interesting to delve into these issues today. What a lot of interesting yeah. callers we had. And um, David Kaplan, I want to thank you so much for joining us and sharing your expertise. It was a pleasure. St. Louis on the Air is a production of St. Louis Public Radio. Understanding starts here. If you learned something new from today's episode, consider leaving us a review and rating on Apple Podcasts on the App Store. It's the easiest way to help people discover our show. We appreciate it. Thank you. St. Louis Public Radio is a member-supported service of the University of Missouri-St. Louis. Support comes from the Missouri Forest Products Association. Missouri produces wood pallets, railroad ties, white oak barrels, hardwood floors, and more. Details on the variety of products made in the state are at ChooseWood.com.